Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Rozeal and my guest today is Todd Grazley. He's a sports journalist, graduated from UCF in 2010 with broadcast journalism and does a lot of work wherever the heck he can. Todd is a go-getter, he is a networker, he's a connector, he's just an all-around great, great person and I'm extremely happy that I got the opportunity to chat with him about his life, writing stories about Olympians and track athletes and being on TV programs, and just saying yes to a lot of the opportunities that cross his way. So without further ado, here is Todd Grazley. says we're live so i guess we're live today on for the love of sports podcast we decided to do it live because yeah, i don't know why not it's fun it's more interesting that way That's i have cool. todd i have todd grazley he's a sports journalist graduated from ucf got it in 2010 in broadcast journalism todd how you doing today man it's a it's a beautiful day outside uh, you know beautiful weather here in florida went out to the park with my six-year-old son and my mom had a little picnic by the lake so all is well here Happy to hear it. Happy to hear it. Florida's in the news a little bit for a couple different things, but I would prefer not to talk about any of that. I'm just happy to hear that you're safe, your mom's safe, your family's safe, and that's really the only thing that matters. But Todd, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? You know, and I, and I, I listen to your podcast, you know, uh, every single one you do. I think, I think I'm 92. I was holding out, Michael, for, for number 100. Uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, almost we'll, we'll get there. But nonetheless, um, you know, I think sports is something that brings everyone together. And I think, you know, especially during this time, and I know we don't want to harp on it, but you see that more than ever. You see, you know, the Michael Jordan last dance documentary and how people gravitate towards that. I haven't quite seen it yet, um, but it's what people are talking about. You know, for me, being down here in Tampa Bay with, with Tom Brady and Gronk coming, it gets people fired up. And I think that's the great thing about sports and whether it's, you know, watching the NFL on, on, on Sundays or, you know, getting ready for spring training baseball or, or going outside and throwing a Frisbee with your son or running around with my, my, my two-year-old daughter. Sports is great, and it brings people of all ages, all backgrounds together, and, and it gets people's mind off of the day-to-day, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about it the most. It does. Sports is always looked at as an escape, which I think is really important. And it's the weirdest time in human history. I think we're 50 over 50 days without sports. It is just absolutely crazy. And we really don't have that outlet. But as we've seen, a lot of companies are trying to do what they can to find old content. I know the Mets uh, a couple weeks ago, at least, and they've been doing it a little bit. They're having their broadcast team actually you know, call a game that is just a simulated baseball game. And it's, it just brings me back. It gives me that little sliver of hope. It gives me just enough that I need. And as you brought up the Michael Jordan documentary, I don't know what the heck you're doing, man. You need to watch that. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, Plus it's not at nine o'clock at night. I know you got kids, man, but you know, it's a Sunday. Just stay up a little later. They should already be in bed by that time. I I, I do. I I try, but uh, either I'm asleep or uh, my, uh, my six year old still running around the house asking to play. So, uh, you know, it's tough to it's tough to find some time and, and, and get get that balance, but uh, it's definitely on the radar to watch here in the next. I mean, we're, I think there are four episodes in, so mm-hmm. uh, you know that's uh, if I watch one tonight and you know one tomorrow, I should be caught up by Sunday, right? 
you should be caught up. I think the the math works a little bit. It kind of checks out, but either way, I think you should. And I think even this Sunday is going to be the Kobe Bryant part of the documentary. So that one, I'm going to be crying. Everyone's going to be crying. It is going to be fantastic. You're hundred percent correct, but man, the, uh, the whole, the whole sports world will collectively uh, let out a tear, which I think is, is going to be, again, that's what sports does. It brings us together. As you said, you know, with Tampa Bay or, or what are we calling it now? Tampa Brady, I think is what a lot Uh, of people are. Tampa Bay, as long as he doesn't get kicked out of any more park, but uh, yeah, right. they're, they're, they're opening up the parks where I'm from in, in Pinellas County, which is a little north. Um, I don't know if they've done that yet in Hillsborough and Tampa, but he, he's more than welcome to come by, by here. And we just opened up the beaches. Uh, they open up on Monday. So uh, well, I Tom, hope- Tom and Gronk are welcome to, to come hang out if they want. I- I hope they they take you up on that offer. So, Todd, um, one thing that I thought was really cool again, graduated from University of Central Florida. I, I should I should just not even say the acronym. Usually, I say UFC. So, thankfully, I I got it correct this time. 2010 broadcast journalism. Your first job out of school was actually you started out as a TV sports anchor, which is awesome. I mean, what kid that grew up in the you know 80s and 90s with ESPN at its absolute height didn't want to be a sports anchor? How cool was it when you finally landed a job like that? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I had a couple of internships and I think, you know, for, for kids these days, that's one piece of advice I would give is, you know, get your foot in the door, you know, log tape, go out and, and shoot high school football, do what you can. Um, and then I had an opportunity to head up to uh, North Florida, the panhandle uh, and cover sports for a couple of months. And, and it was a dream come true. And, you know, I think the one thing uh, looking back is, you know, I, I thought it was all about me. I thought it was, mm-hmm. you know, hey, hey, mom, hey, grandma, look at me. I'm on TV. Look how cool this is. Um, and, and I quickly realized that there's more to it. It's, it's about these athletes. It's about these stories. You know, my good friends at influencer, let me, let me rock this t-shirt. It says storyteller. And I think, you know, if people say, you know, what, do, what do I love most about sports? It's telling those stories. And I think that kind of led me, uh, to the next part of my career, which was, was covering high school track and field. And, you know, I did that for seven and a half years and to see athletes that I watched run in middle school sign, you know, sign with colleges, then sign their first pro contracts, then compete at the Olympics. That was so cool to have, you know, Justin Gatlin, one of the top sprinters in the world, interview me just joking around, you know, after a meet. Hey, you know, I'm Ken Canoof live in Claremont here with Todd Grazley. You know, like just those stories that I can, I can tell. And, and when I watch the Olympic games and when they come around in 2021, you know, I, I know that guy. I, I told his story. I've seen him from his first high school track meet to, to running on the biggest stage in sports. And I think that is what gets me up and excited every day. I think it's so important. I completely agree with you. Storytelling through the lens of sports is my absolute favorite way to do it. And that's why I have incredible people like yourself who have done so much in this sports world that hopefully you can share some of your stories, your experiences, your wisdom with everybody else out there. And they can learn just a little bit from it. So maybe that they're a step A, maybe learning from Todd will get them to B or C somewhere along the way. And again, I think, you know, going from a job that would have been so coveted to most people and quickly realizing, as you said, I have here in my notes, shortly, you know, leaving shortly after you get the job to go and tell these stories of high school athletes, of track athletes, of, of kids that, as you said, you saw grow up, that is storytelling. That's seeing them when they're young to seeing them, as you said, sign that pro contract, go to the Olympics and win gold medals. There's really nothing like it. And with that in mind, so you started and helped develop uh, FLRunners.com. I'm assuming FL starts, stands for Florida. I think I'm really going out on a limb there. Uh, covering track and field in the state, as you already said. And they were eventually bought by Flow Sports, which is a very huge and let's say polarizing name in the world of sports and sports media. What was it like going from a smaller, you know, probably well-kept together, well-knit community, well-knit group 
to now being bought out by and emerging with a much bigger entity, probably with a little bit more structure, but also probably comes with a little bit more rigidness and less, um, how do I want to say this nicely? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just end the question there. I'm sure you know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, I think, uh, so Jason Byrne actually started the floridarunners.com and, and built it into a network of different state sites called MileSplit. Um, and, and I jumped in in early 2011. I knew Jason from 2000, around 2010, I had met him um, when I covered high school sports um, for the NBC in Orlando prior to, to being a sports anchor. And, uh, you know, Jason, his story in itself is incredible, but, you know, he started uh, Florida Runners. He was, he was a track runner, a cross-country runner in, in Florida. He'd go to the meets, and, and people would know him because he, he did all the stats for the area. And, mm-hmm. it, and, it, and it grew, and, and people could tell their rankings, their times, their stats. And it was really cool. And when I, I got on board, I was just really drawn in the passion and, and, and the niche community and how genuinely interested in they were with what we were doing and, and passionate. And, uh, you know, it was just Jason and I in the office and, and running the Florida operation. And you know, I had about 10 to 15 freelancers from photographers to journalists, um, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. across the state. And it, it was really something special. And, and Flow Sports came around and you know, I think Jason, I don't want to speak for him, but it came to the time where it was like, you know, we're going to have to put a really, really big investment to get into where we want to be to take this to the next level. And Flow mm-hmm. Sports, you know, Martin and Mark Floriani, uh, a college wrestler and a college track and field athlete, you know, they had already built a, a, a presence in track and field, but more at a college and a pro level. Um, they'd done the same thing in wrestling and gymnastics as well with flow wrestling and flow gymnastics. And it just seemed like a logical fit because when our audience graduated, when they went to the next level, we had the stats and rankings. Flow Sports and Flow Track had the video content, mm-hmm. the uh, production capabilities to live stream. So it just was a seamless transition. And I think, you know, that financial backing, that support to help Ford Runners grow and Milesplit Network grow was, was really critical at that point. And, you know, it was really beneficial for the sport. And that it's got to be so much fun being a part of something like that and being able to, again, you know, as you, um, Mark, if I'm not mistaken, you said his name was right. Mark, Mark Jason Floriani. Mark okay, Floriani you, Mark. And, and, and Martin, they started flow sports and, and Jason okay. Byrne was the, Jason. the founder of Florida runners and miles. Play. Thank you. Thank you. So it was you and Jason, and as you said, a bunch of freelancers from photographers to, to, uh, writers and really being able to grow that and then getting that influx of cash and being able to see the, the next evolution and the next level of what you were trying to accomplish what how cool was it to see that pretty much unfold in front of you over the span of seven years yeah and i think it was really cool because you know my background has is, is always been as a, as a content creator and to see and, and and that's something that you know i i look at even now today is the is the balance of of becoming you know a sports business i think you know how businesses are created how they're running i think is, is very intriguing and is very interesting um and to see you know it unfold in the growth, you know, when, when, and, and I, I mentioned this when, when I talked to you is, you know, we had maybe 900 subscribers when I, you know, and when I left, we had nearly 3000, you know, we went from, you know, not really any presence on social media to 10,000 followers on Facebook and Twitter. Um, so just that growth and, and, and being able to cover one or two meets and, and post one or two articles at the get go, you know, a, a week, to posting three, four articles a day. And I think, you know, just that and, and, and people buying into what we were doing and, and, and coming along for the ride, so to speak, I think mm-hmm. is, is what was really exciting to me. And I, it, it, you know, 
giving them a little taste is, you know, it, it, when they wake up at 8 a.m. with a little bit of content at noon when they're on their lunch break, it, at four when they come home and then at 8 p.m. when they go to bed, you know, I wanted them to keep coming back. I wanted them to get excited. Hey, what's next? What's the new thing? How, you know, how is it going? So um, just, just to be along for that ride, I think was really exciting. And as you said, I mean, going from eight or 900 subscribers up to 3000 covering one meet or two meets a week to now three or four a day. And I just think, again, kind of seeing that growth and it's not like it explodes overnight. It is something that gradually happens and you kind of work up to that. There's no way you can go from two in a week to, you know, potentially 12 to 15 in a week. And again, I just think it's not too many people get the opportunity to get into something at not quite the ground floor, but I mean, you're, you're two steps up on the stairs, right? And now you're able to then walk up to the next floor and the next floor and really be a part of that, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And I, and I do love it. So after you ended up leaving flow sports, you started freelancing significantly more and just a couple of the ones that I really liked that I wanted to write down. You did a lot more track and field. So you were covering more track and field from the high school aspect, but also about the specific Olympians that came out of the Orlando area, if I'm not mistaken, Florida football insiders, which is really interesting. You have the Tampa Bay or the Tampa Brady. I can't remember what we're calling it. You have the hat on. So, so we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. And then you also did social media for a travel agent, obviously pointing back to being able to grow your social media at, at Florida runners and, and flow sports from, you know, a small amount to over 10,000. So I want to start with the track and field aspect of it. Coming back, uh, being in the Orlando area and starting to write these stories again about these high school athletes, about these Olympians, going back to that storytelling aspect rather than, you know, how how is it different than what you were doing with Florida Runners and um, and Flow Sports? Yeah, so I, th- I think it's twofold. So two two different entities that, that kind of freelanced. Um, when I left Flow, I, I realized, you know, hey, I, I want to stay in this. I, I'm, I'm passionate about it. I have these contacts. What can I do? Um, so I reached out to, to you know, a, a group that's similar called Diestat and Runner Space and started doing the same thing. And, and you know, pretty much, um, you know, right now we're doing something really cool, kind of like these. We're, we're calling them quarantine chats. And, you know, just what are high school kids doing now? You know, I just talked to uh, two seniors. One's going to NC State. One's going to Florida about how are they adapting during this time? Their season, they had a, a month of track and field and then their season just gets canceled. You know, their graduations are are not, are not happening. One got mm-hmm. postponed. One is a virtual one. She's down in Palm beach County where, you know, the, all this is, is, is hitting really hard. You know, um, she wants to do steeplechase at Florida. She set up a steeplechase pit with a water pit and everything in her wow. back in her backyard. Um, so how are people adapting, whether it's, you know, everyday Olympians to, you know, your high school athletes. Um, so that's really cool in the track and field sense of, of where we're going and how we're really honing in, on, on how people are adapting their, during this time. And then before all this hit, um, Orlando Magazine, which is a, a major magazine in Orlando that covers everything from lifestyle to sports to travel and fitness, the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. um, they wanted to do a, a Road to Tokyo series um, called Olympic Dreams. Um, and that was really, really something that we worked hand in hand with. And, mm-hmm. you know, we featured numerous Olympians from Phil Dalhauser, who won the Olympic gold in beach volleyball. Uh, to Tamari Davis, who just signed a pro contract with Adidas at, at 16 years old uh, for track and field. So that was really exciting. And I'm getting a little bit of the chill bumps just talking about it because that at the core is what it's all about, is telling those stories. Um, Caroline Marks, a 17-year-old surfer, the youngest on Team USA, one of two women to make the team. Um, That's that, incredible. You know, a, a wrestler who came to Kissimmee, where I'm from, um, and made the Puerto Rico team. Um, and she came to Kissimmee to, to get away from Hurricane Irma and, and the hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, just the power of that storytelling, you know, 
Stevie Gardner missed the Olympics, came back and won the world championships for the Bahamas. Um, and he's training. You know, Jessica Beard battled injury, was, was the Bowerman Trophy winner at Texas A&M. And, and, and she wants to make her first Olympic team. Um, so just those storylines, whether it's, you know, Taekwondo, a girl trying to, trying to make the team in Taekwondo, you know, surfing for the first time ever in the Olympics, mm-hmm. um, softball, a girl try- had, the, had the, uh, the home run that qualified Italy to make the, 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 uh, the Olympics for softball. And she was from Central Florida. Softball making its return to the game. Mm-hmm. So everybody has a story, you know, and, and that's really, really what I love about what you're doing is, you know, whether it's sports media, whether it's technology, whether it's businesses, getting these people on to talk about their story and, and, and how can we relate and how can we help each other out? I, I and that's what really drove us together. Obviously, shout out Rob Cressy. Um, you know, Absolutely. he originally put us in contact a, a while back. Now, I honestly don't even remember the first time we had a conversation, but we've stayed in contact over however many months it's been, and we've always kind of just kept in touch. Hey, what you doing? What you working on? Uh, we tried to work on some stuff together, but unfortunately, with the uh, the, the pandemic, it shut just about everything down. So that was pretty unfortunate. But I'm sure when it comes back. We'll be just fine and we'll figure out some stuff to do. But at that at that token, I mean, again, you know, that's what really drove us together is we both love the storytelling aspect. Obviously, I work with a lot of Olympians and, and you know, you know a lot as well, especially being in the Florida area, the track and field industry within sports. But I think it's it's just the fact that we love storytelling so much. I believe just like you do, every single person has a story. All you have to do is listen and, and ask him a couple questions along the way. And we get this great conversation that we're having today. So I think it's incredible. And again, the way you look at it and how you're able to see how this can not just not just telling a story to tell it, but how it can impact others, how other people can take something from it and how the person that's telling the story can get something by sharing it. I think that that's very important too. people love to help. So if sharing your story can help somebody else. Who wouldn't want to do something like that? And I think that that piece of it is extremely important. And I think you do an absolutely incredible job at that. So I just want to say kudos to you there, man. And I think it is fantastic. So that's a lot of the freelancing, especially on the track and field and Olympic side. I also want to talk a little bit about this uh, Florida football insiders. You're wearing the Tampa Bay hat, Tampa Brady's. Again, I'm going to keep calling it a different thing throughout this entire conversation. Tell us a little bit about the the Florida football insiders and what you did there and how you were able to, again, kind of get back into the broadcast side of things, like almost where you came up in. Yeah, and I and I think at the, at the heart of this, you know, if there if there's any young people in sports media, you know, watching or, or listening, I, I think it's about networking and building your network. And you know, we follow a lot of the same people: Gary V, Dave Metzler, those guys, Meltzer, those guys. And 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 it's about providing value and, and and not just hey, can you can you give me a handout? But how can I help? How can we work mm-hmm. together? What are you doing? And and how can I be an asset on the team? And you know, TJ Reeves does the, the sideline reporting for the Buccaneers Radio Network and. You know, I, I reached out to him and I saw he was doing a Florida Football Insiders website. And he said, Todd, you know, I really want to start a video series. What can, can you shoot? I said, yeah, I can shoot. He said, can you edit? I said, yeah, I can edit. He goes, can you hop on camera and be on camera? I said, yeah, I can do that. I said, I'll set up the camera. I'll swing around on the other side, join you, come back and film you. We'll break it up. We'll get some graphics and we'll make it happen. And we did that for, for the football season last year. I think we did about 10 weeks um, worth. And then we did high school or we did, excuse me we did the college football florida teams um the gators the seminoles usf um and uh ucf and miami i was gonna say you're not gonna forget ucf no, right I can't, I can't forget the uh, national champions yes and uh, yes, the national champs uh, sorry to break this story off for a second but i spoke with michael willett who was on that 2017 national championship team that episode will be coming out soon he was incredible so anyway i apologize Back to you. I, I hope he's wearing his ucf national champion hat I was he shows it 
He shows his ring at the end of the at the end of the video. It's fantastic. Okay, I was debating on wearing the Bucks hat or, or the national championship uh, hat, but I didn't. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to start uh, social media wars on you know Alabama, UCF, who who really was. But, I love it. But we have, we have the banner and and we had the parade and you know I say we because I was I was there at both. So, uh, but yeah, so that was that was a great time. Uh, really cool to to just kind of get into that realm, get into broadcasting, and and TJ is you know a true a true champion of the sport and a true icon in the area um, and to work with him and to pick his brain. Um, I call him uncle TJ and, and he still gives me advice in the industry. I think, you know, before it wasn't about me. And I think this gave me a little branding, got me a little bit on the map. I, I posted him on social media, got a little feedback in that realm and, and gave me some reps to get back in the game. If that's something, you know, down the road that I wanted to get into. I think it's it's great. And again, just from your story and understanding, you just say yes to everything, man. You know, I asked you to do this and you're like, yeah, sure. And I was like, all right, we're going to live stream it. And you're like, all right, I, gotta, I guess I'll shave. You know, you, you weren't you weren't pushing back at all. You, you think it's a great idea. And I'm, I'm very grateful for people like you in my life that do that, because I think that's how you learn. Right. Like, as you said, you, you know, we in the beginning of your story, you did start out as a TV sports anchor, but you realize that's not kind of what you wanted to do. You want to help tell the stories of athletes more, which you were then able to do. But because you know all of that and someone comes to you, someone like TJ, who's a little bit more well-known in the industry and you could potentially help in some way, shape or form. Sounds like you pretty much did everything. You shot, you edited, you made the graphics, you were on camera. And this is all because you said yes to the whole situation. You easily could have said, oh no, I'm not doing TV anymore. You know, I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm helping Olympians and tell their story, but I mean, why not? You're, you're a sports journalist. You want to tell some more stories. You obviously love the Bucks. From, you, know, you talk about football. Who doesn't love football nowadays? Being able to talk about that kind of stuff. And just it all came from you know, networking, building relationships, and then saying yes to the opportunities that came to you. And I think that's one thing you know, that I was, I was in actually in a, in a, in a little roundtable. Uh, Sportscaster Talent Agency of America hosted a uh, – a session the other day that had, you know, a couple of, of very well-known journalists and, and Bob Costas and Jim Nance and Tracy Wilson were all in there. And I think it was, I think it was Jim Nance said, you know, somebody asked, you know, how do I separate myself? How do I get to the top? And I think the one thing he said was, you know, I ran, I, I, I was a runner. I did this. And Tracy Wilson was, you know, I was a producer. Then I, you know, I was an intern. Then I, you know, and you got it. You have to work your way up. Yes. There's people that have lucky breaks, but you have to say yes, and you have to put yourself in that position. If you don't put yourself in that position, who knows? And 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 you know, just networking and reaching out. There's there's been times where I'm like, man, I don't I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I should do this. How much time is this going to take away from my my daily life? And it's like, if you don't do it, you're always going to say, why didn't I do it? Mm-hmm. So don't live with that regret. And and you know, you watch Gary Vee all the time too, and he says, you know. You, you can't be afraid of failure. The best mm-hmm. of the best of the best, they, they fail. You know, Gary Vee, when he was doing trading cards and auctions, I'm sure he wasn't an all-star and he wasn't well-known and, and giving advice to millions. And now look at the path. You, you got to keep beating down doors. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a numbers game. I couldn't agree more, man. I do love uh, a little Gary Vee. I've also had the opportunity to interview AJ Vaynerchuk. That one was pretty cool. Absolutely. This quarantine has been fantastic. I've got to talk to the coolest people on planet Earth. And, and uh, you know, adding you to the list is also pretty, pretty fantastic and getting a little bit of your story. And again, you know, just saying yes to all these situations and finding more reasons to do something, um, it, it just makes it that much easier to say yes to it. As you said, you know, obviously there's a lot of time involved. But as you were saying, you know, Jim Nance, Tracy Wolfson, they did a lot of stuff before they became Jim Nance that's on the Masters and the Super Bowl and does all the incredible things that we wish we could do. Tracy Wolfson, what she does, she's an incredible sideline reporter. As you said, she was a producer. She was an intern. She did everything. 
And that's what you have to do. That's the only way you can get up, especially in an industry like sports where the supply is significantly high. Who doesn't want to work in sports? You know, right? Growing up in the 80s and the 90s, like we did, I wanted to work in sports my entire life. And now I've kind of created that path myself and hopefully continue to take it to the top. But, you know, in the meantime, we're going to keep enjoying ourselves, keep having these types of conversations. And again, hopefully imparting some wisdom on others like you have been. And with that, I mean, how much fun did you have doing that football show as well? Yes, it was a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, but I'm sure you loved every second of it. Yeah, and I, and I think it was fun because I think, you know, TJ brought obviously a little insight, um, you know, didn't, didn't you know, show his hand all the time, but, you know, he, he, he gave us a little insight. And I think, you know, just being able to talk about that different dynamic and, and you know, track and field has been great. It's a tight-knit community, but everybody loves football. Um, so it's good to branch out. And while it's fun to have a niche, it's, it's also great to expand your horizons and, and cover other sports. It was great to kind of put the show together. Uh, you know, the whole nine yards and, and, and putting it from a concept to hopping out in the middle of a field, you know, making sure that the field was open at the local Little League park that we, you know, stood behind the football goalpost at, um, you know, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. And I think, uh, you know, just, just being able to share that experience with TJ and, and being able to cover the pro circuit and, 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 and get a little, you know, bias UCF in there as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they played Memphis a couple of times and he's a Memphis grad. So, you know, we get to, get to chop it up and, and I got to brag when they won. So it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, I went to the, uh, the Fiesta Bowl out in Arizona, um, helped out rivals and, and got some coverage back for TJ. So that was an awesome experience covering Joe Burrow before he was Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of great experiences from that as well. That is awesome, man. Are you going to be, are you guys rolling it back for next year or this upcoming season? Uh, we haven't talked. I mean, you know, everything's kind of in limbo right now. And I think, you know, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, you want, mm-hmm. you want to be optimistic, but you know, who, who knows when and where we're, we're, we're going to get going. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I think it's something that TJ and I talked about, but you know, we'd also like to get some more sponsors on board and, and get people active in, in, in watching that as well. Well, I'll be crossing my fingers for you, man, because it just sounds like something that's an absolute blast to get to do, especially with someone that you look up to. And TJ, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And another thing that you did during this, um, you know, freelancing part of your career, which you're still always doing, but I just kind of took note is, you know, completely off the beaten path, you started doing social media for a travel agent. Now, now going back to Flow Sports in Florida, flrunners.com, as you said before, you built that social media following up to over 10,000 across a couple different platforms, which is nothing to shy at. So if you can give me a little help, I wouldn't mind that. But Absolutely. what, what, um, you know, how does, how do these opportunities continue to keep coming about for you? Because you, you have to say yes to the opportunity, but how do you find all of these opportunities where you get to do all these incredible things for these incredible people? Yeah. And I, and I think the word, uh, you know, some say hustle, some say grind, whatever you want to call it, you know, that, that was a, a circumstance. I was, I was at the local Starbucks and I was just writing stories and, you know, I think for me, my, my head is always on a swivel, you know, you call it nosy if you want, but I, I want to know, I want to know what people are talking about. I want to know people's stories. I want to know what's going on. I want to be in it. Um, and I think a good journalist needs to be in it. And, and, uh, I was sitting at a table and the Starbucks was packed and, you know, an, an older woman and, and, a, and a young lady sat next to me and asked if the seat was taken. I said, no. And, they get to talking and she worked for Royal Caribbean and, and used to used to be uh, one of the uh, cruise directors on there and was talking uh, to my friend Diane and, and mentioned, you know, Diane was a, was a travel agent. And 
said, you know, hey, Diane, how can, you're one of the best salesmen for Royal Caribbean. How can we get, you know, what do you need help with? What, what can we help you with? And she's like, well, you know, I really don't get the social media aspect. Waited until they were done talking. I turned around. I said, hi, my name is Todd Grazley. Nice to meet you. I've done this, this, and this. I'd love to help you. I didn't say, hey, pay me. I said, I'd love to help you. How can I help? You know, I'm looking for things to do. I've got some free time. I'm out here at Starbucks hustling. How can I help you? She said, hey, you know, Todd, I'll give you 250 bucks a month. Can you help build the following? Can you help create posts? Can you help engage? And I said, absolutely. And she said, you know, we have we have one of those, you know, content farms that, that post the content for us. They post, you know, a lovely picture of Bora Bora or whatever the case may be. And I said, you know, Diane, that's great. I said, but anybody can Google that. People want to know Diane. Why, mm-hmm. why should I go to Diane? Why should I book my cruise through Diane and not Expedia or somewhere else or RoyalCaribbean.com or Carnival.com? And I said, you know, she's like, well, you know, I don't know about being on camera. I'm like, nobody cares what you look like. Nobody cares what you act like. It's how you, how can you build that interest? How can you create that that engagement with, mm-hmm. with the audience, with, with your customers? And, and, and people want to buy in and people want to do business with people they trust and, and that are relatable. And I firmly believe that. And, and we did it for a couple of months and, and, and it worked and we got some business. And, you know, we kind of parted ways after, you know, I, I got some other work, but I, th- I think it was it was another hat that, that I had my hand in and another mm-hmm. experience and something that I can say, hey, look, you know, I've dabbled in the travel industry um, and I, I would have never had that opportunity if I wasn't proactive and, you know, on the on the mend and looking around, you know, at all times. And I think, you know, that's what one piece of advice I would give to people is, you know, always be on the lookout. You know, I, I, I get newsletters and you know, to be honest, I pick through them and say, Hey, I never knew about this site. Let me contact this guy. Let me reach out to this person on LinkedIn. You know, I look at some of your videos and I say, you know, the podcast and I said, Oh, you know, I, I didn't know this guy, you know, Randall Thompson. That's one of the ways I found him is, you know, dugout mugs. They do great things with baseball bat mugs. And, you know, I found him on LinkedIn I was like, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, this is really cool. I didn't know about this baseball bat mug. How can I help you? Um, so to me, it, it's, it's just about getting your hands wet, getting your feet dirty, getting in there and grinding and, and trying to make those connections. The, the worst anybody can say is no, or they don't have time. Yeah. I love it, man. I think, you know, what you have been able to build and how you've been able to build the relationships that you do, that the connections that you found, as you said, um, you know, just being attentive, just being aware. I think aware, self-awareness is very important, but awareness of your surroundings is is very important as, as well. And understanding you know, where can I add value? You know, I've done all of these things. Here are my accolades. You can pat me on the back all you want, but how can I help you? How can I add value to you? And I completely agree. And you've gone about that throughout your career, whether it's telling the story of a high school athlete or telling the story of a uh, an Olympian that you've been able to cover, you know, and be able to share those stories. And that adds value to other people, the ones that are reading, the ones that are listening, paying attention. But then again, as we said before, the one that is telling the story that adds a significant value to them, which I think is very important. And people sometimes forget. And that's my favorite aspect. I don't care about my story. I know my story. I've told it a couple times. That's enough for me. Now I want to help tell other people's stories and not, not even help tell them just ask a couple questions because I'm super curious on how the hell you've been able to do all these things. So I appreciate, again, you coming on to uh, to chat with me about this. So one thing um, that I think is is very important is understanding, again, self-awareness. And I know, you know, part of your story, you became a digital content writer for a finance company. I put a couple question marks after that, kind of like a, huh? Um, I know you personally, obviously, and understand you have to do what you have to do. Again, how 
How does this type of opportunity come about where you're a full-time, again, content writer and for, you know, just a, a finance company now completely, completely out of left field? Yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in the summer of 2018, I, you know, I was, I was looking for a job and I think, you know, I, I, f- I found TJ and, and we did that for a couple of weeks and, and, and throughout the football season. And, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a great time. I found Diane. I did the, 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 the uh, travel agent and, and social media content. But that wasn't a full-time job. And, 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 and you know, I have a six-year-old. I have a two-year-old. Uh, you know, I have a wife. Um, so we got to pay the bills. And, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about finance. Um, I, and, 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 and that's the crazy thing. And I, and I applied for the job. And, you know, I, I remember I was going to a cross-country meet. And the lady was like, yeah, you know, uh, we, we need a digital content writer. She, re- she reached out on LinkedIn. And then she called me. And I was like, okay, sure. Sounds great. Sign me up. Uh, I didn't know anything about the company. I knew they were in the finance realm. And, so I, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going in. And, uh, and, and the guy, the, the, our uh, president of us marketing did the interview. And, you know, I was like, you know, I gotta be honest. I was like, you know, I don't know much about finance. I was like, but I know how to write. I know how to do content and know how to tell a story. Um, and he goes, that's great. He goes, I've seen your stuff. I've seen your resume. You know, we can, we can teach you the ins and outs of, of, of what you're going to write about in these newsletters. And I think, um, you know, it's definitely been a learning experience, you know, every, every day and, and, and week and, you know, obviously we're, we're on a little hiatus right now, but I say, you know, it's, it's kind of like Rosetta Stone. Like I'm, I'm writing for merchants one week. I'm writing for, you know, business to business. I'm writing for an e-commerce audience the next. Um, so different stakeholders and, and ultimately different topics in different languages. Um, so it's definitely learning and it's not, you know, I'm the thought leader. I'm the expert. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like, you know, writing about Tom Brady to the Patriots where I can say, oh yeah, you know, he's, he's 43, he's going to be 43 years old. He's played for the Patriots for 20 years. He's won, you know, six Super Bowls. He's played in the Super Bowl nine times. You know, you can, you can Google that, but you know, when you're writing about, you know, you know, different, you know, topics Mm -hmm. in the the payment processing world, you you know, and, and hardware terminals and point of sale systems and, you can't Google that there there's maybe two articles and they're mm-hmm. probably picked from each other. So, uh, you know, I, I, I had a pivot and, and I had, I had to adapt and you go with what, what, what the, you know, the hand is dealt. And I think, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And, you know, a, another, another turning point, and I, I mentioned this to you earlier was, you know, I didn't have a LinkedIn. I had, I had zero LinkedIn. I had zero friends, zero connections. And now I have thousands and, and granted, I don't know any, hardly any of them or, or a percent, but the fraction that I do know is, is making those connections. It's getting my brand out there. It's posting mm-hmm. my work on there. It's, you know, linking up with you and, and doing these talks. It's, you know, I've had Arizona State journalism students reach out to me and say, hey, can you give me some advice? Or, hey, can you look at my stuff? And, you know, Dave, you know, Dave Metzler, you know, I, Meltzer, I, I met him at, at the Super Bowl weekend. And, you know, I said, hey, Dave, I follow all your stuff. I love what you're doing. Hey, Todd, feel free to give me a call any time. Here's my cell. You know, uh, so just building your brand and, 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 and making people aware of what you're doing is, is, is an excellent tool. And I think, you know, in times like these is the greatest time to do that mm-hmm. because we're sitting around, you know, make a connection on LinkedIn, reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while, ask how they're doing, you know, uh, you know, Cooper Goldie over at the players Tribune, you never met him, but linked up on LinkedIn, you know, once a week, you know, every other week, Hey Cooper, how's everything going over at the players tribune? How you guys doing? How's this affecting you? Hey, is there anything I can do? If you need help with anything, let me know. And I think, you know, he doesn't owe me anything. I don't owe him anything, but I think it's all about, like you said, building those relationships, not being afraid to reach out to people and, and, and just, and just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a marathon, you know, Mm -hmm. 
you know, you got to grind it out. There's light at the end of the tunnel, but you, you're not going to see it. You know, Dave says, you know, overnight success didn't happen in, in, in six weeks. You know, it happened in 26 years for him. Mm-hmm. So keep grinding it out. And, and you know what? You'll hit that one. There's, trust me, I've learned there's more sports media entities that I didn't know that were out there during this time than I thought were out there to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and podcasts like yours help, help shine light on those. And, you know, Neil Everett was a fraternity, is a fraternity brother of mine, the Sports Center anchor. And, mm-hmm. you know, we did lunch one time when he was down here at Disney. And, you know, he told me, Todd, this is when I was first, you know, getting out there and sending out tapes and, you know, not hearing from Casper, Wyoming, but hearing from Panama City or, you know, you know, getting various feedback from all over. And he said, Todd, it's like the prom. If you ask out 99 girls or 100 girls and 99 say no, nobody's going to remember the 99 that turns you down. They're going to remember the girl you went with. So, so keep knocking on those doors, get that girl to dance with you and go from there. I love it, man. That's good stuff. That's, that's really good stuff. I, I, I mean, Dave is obviously a very good friend of mine and I appreciate, you know, him helping you and I appreciate him helping me and everybody that he does. I think it's fantastic. I think Neil Everett has some really great advice. I mean, who remembers the girl that said no to me to prom? No, they all remember the girl I went with. Shout out Lexi. I hope she's doing fantastic out there. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's just one of those (laughs) things that I think it's, it's, you're, you're completely completely 100% correct. And, and again, just going back a little bit further into the story, you know, building those relationships, doing what you can, creating that LinkedIn profile that you never have, you never had, and being able to connect with people. And right now we are live on LinkedIn. So hopefully a couple extra people connect with you during or after the, this Absolutely. is finished. But I think it's just a great way. I mean, what did it ever hurt anyone to be nice? Right? Like, did it ever hurt to reach out to someone and say, Hey, are, are you okay? How are you doing? This is a weird time. Some people like me, I'm doing fine. Thankfully, you know, my family's okay. My friends are okay. And I'm very, very happy. I'm very grateful for that. My girlfriend still has her job. And I understand that is very hard for a lot of people. I personally haven't been able to do too much on that front, but I have been able to connect with over a hundred and some odd people just through interviewing. And, you know, I'm a huge networker, so I haven't been able to do too much of that. So I've been having people like you on and just learning more about your story, who you are, hopefully sharing that. But now I can understand how I can potentially help you some more and being able to do that through the network that I'm creating and the network that I've already have cultivated, I think is very important. Um, Hopping back even further into your story, again, going back to, you know, writing with the finance company, what do you think, how do you think it was so easy for you to pick up and learn all of these new and interesting opportunities and topics? Like, like what, what, what your, your prior experiences, how did you utilize them to be able to crush it at this new job that, again, even as you said, you really didn't even know too much about? Yeah, and I, and I think one thing you have to do is you have to have confidence. You can't go in there and say, man, you know, whew, this is over my head. I'm never going to make it. I think, uh, you know, and, and, and you build that confidence over time. Confidence doesn't come overnight. You got, you have to build it. And I think, you know, I've, I've written stories. I know how to tell a story. I know how to craft a good story. And I think one thing that I think helped me out, and, and this is a shout out to the, the team and, and that the, all the individuals I worked with was, you know, I interviewed the experts in my office, you know, don't be afraid to ask mm-hmm. for help. I think, you know, I'm working on a, a local community news site, and, you know, I'm not good with graphics. So I reached out to my friend, Emily at OE marketing was like, Hey, Emily, how can, how can you help me in this front? You know? And, and she came up with the graphics package for me. Um, her husband, her, her boyfriend does drone stuff. He was going to go out and shoot some drone stuff for me. So, you know, back to the finance is, is use, use your surroundings and, and don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, I called up our B2B guy. Hey, what topics are, are, 
are, are, are, are buzzing right now? What are you hearing on the ground floor? Can you give me a couple of nuggets so that I can dive into it? I can look up some statistics and do my research and, and craft a story. Um, I think, I think that helped. And I think some of the pieces that I did from the beginning kind of eased me in there, you know, the importance of email marketing, the importance of social media, the importance of content marketing, you know, uh, you know, how, how to build a network. Uh, those were some stories I did that were kind of evergreen, but that those people in those different backgrounds could use to help their marketing strategy or to help their sales strategy. So I think those early pieces helped give me a little more confidence as well. And then utilizing the team around me helped as well. I love that. And uh, you, you make a great point. I mean, you, you didn't know too much. They took a chance on you, but you knew enough that you could learn. And not only did you learn, you, you learned from literally the best people you could possibly learn from. And I think that's always, as you said, don't be afraid to ask for help. If there are people around you that know more and you're willing, they're willing to give you just a bit of their time. If you can ask them one, two, 10, five questions, whatever it is, I get, take that opportunity, man. Like that doesn't come along very often. So now you can learn about what you're going to be writing about, as you said, understand what's trending, what's buzzing is again, as you said, and just take advantage of it and roll with it, roll forward and, and just write, no, you know how to write. It's not just what you're writing about that's changed. Yeah. And, and I think going off of that for anybody, you know, in this field is, is, uh, you know, and I think, I think it was a uh, Jim Nance said this as well is, you know, if you want to be a minor league broadcaster, look up every minor league baseball team in America, send them your stuff, send them a note, learn a little more about them and, and, and just create a dialogue, create a network. And, you know, I was on a, on a, on a sports uh, creatives call and a guy does 49ers uh, social media for the 49ers. And he was like, you know, I was getting ready to take a job at, at the Phillies. I never thought I'd come back to California. I answered his call. We chatted for a little, a year later, I left the Phillies and I came back and, 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 and I was on the top of his radar. He said, you know, he remembered me. And I think just don't leave a door closed, keep it open, keep talking. You know, I go through my phone and who knows how many people I have? Who knows the last time I talked to them? But I try to reach out once a month. Hey, how's it going? How's everything over your way? How are the kids? How's your wife? Take a note. Hey, does he have a, a five-year-old and a two-year-old? Ask how his kids are doing. Um, you know, is he in California? Ask how they're doing out there. You know, how are you doing up in Jersey? Uh, make it personalized. Create a database. Follow up. You know, keep that going. And I think, you know, whether, whatever the field is you want to do, keep at it. You know, if you want to be in sports media, you know, I see people pop up on LinkedIn and I'm like, oh, hey, they're in the field. They're related. Let me reach out. Let me learn their story. Let me learn what they're doing. So, uh, you know, just, just keeping that network, keeping that dialogue and keeping that constant pursuit of, of, of passion and, and, and that constant pursuit like Dave always talks about, you know, that's what it's all about. I love that, man. And it's always so great because it's it's fun to have a conversation, right? It's literally my favorite thing I get to do. And that's why I decided to start recording them. And now, I, you know, started to go live with a couple of them as well. And it, it's just fun to learn about a person and see what they're about and understand, you know, you do reach out to me, uh, give or take once a month. Hey, how's it going? How is everything? And right now, you know, that's a good thing to do always, just in general. I right now, especially in these last six weeks where everything's gotten really crazy and moving forward, it's still probably going to be... Um, still weird to say the least moving forward in a lot of different places. It's an even better time to do it because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what is happening. So it doesn't hurt again. Just, Hey, how's it going? They don't answer you. They probably got stuff to do. Don't take it personally, of course, but it's always nice to reach out, see, see how someone is doing. And as you said, if you know, they have kids, ask about their kids. It's not very difficult to take that note and say, Hey, you know, Todd has two kids. Todd, how are your kids? They're great, man. Thank you so much for asking. And it's, it's real. It's genuine. It's authentic. I mean, that's, you know, word of mouth marketing, that's always the best. That's the best kind of marketing you're going to get if someone else shares your name with a friend and, and puts you in better situations. And I, that's recently happened to me a couple of times. And I'm very, very grateful for the incredible people that I get to talk to. 
And then I'm even more grateful for the opportunity that they share my name with their friends because that is a personal endorsement. And that is the absolute best way to grow your network is by just being nice to people. Would you look at that? And the, and the thing is, you know, we're in this crazy time, right, Mike? And I think a lot of people, they have time and they want to talk. They're not mm-hmm. getting out. They're not socializing. You know, Nabil Kiram from ESPN, I, you know, he, he made a Twitter post the other day. I was like, you know, hey, man, you got 10, 15, uh, whenever it works for you, let me know. Can we talk about the business? We did a Zoom chat, you know, and, and just talked for 15, 20 minutes about trends and, and how he got to ESPN from Canada and all of that. And I think people have this time and people want to give back. And that was evident with the Jim Nance and the Bob mm-hmm. Costas and, and people want to learn. That was evident mm-hmm. by the 400 people in the room. And, you know, like you, you hit it on the head with be nice too. I think that's, you know, my, my father-in-law, he passed away in November, but he always said, you know, treat the lady at the bank the same way you would treat your boss or, you know, the guy down the street. And, you know, nobody ever had anything bad to say about the person that was always nice. A hundred percent. People might not remember what you say, but they'll remember how they make you, yeah, how you made them feel, right? I think that's a, that's a pretty fun quote uh, that I try and try and live my life a little bit by as well. And so, what um, I kind of want to really zoom out a little bit. So I, I I'm always I'm very interested in sports media. Obviously, I grew up watching ESPN essentially 24 hours a day. I used to grow up with ESPN News on, where it was instead of an hour long Sports Center, it was just that half hour long highlight show, and I would leave it on, and it would only change like four times a day, like from eight o'clock in the morning until 12. It was the exact same show, but I'd watch it for all four hours and then it would switch over and they'd update some of the stuff from the morning and the night before. And it's, it's just crazy how that works. What is it about putting pen to paper? What is it about written word that really got you to want to tell? I mean, telling the stories, you can tell them in multiple different mediums, but why have you chosen for the most part, the, the written word as your preferred method of sharing these stories of these incredible people? Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, easy might be, uh, you know, for lack of, of a better term, it's, it's easier. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a lot easier to, to, you know, shoot a message over to Curtis Mitchell and, or, you know, an Olympian, um, you know, Justin Gatlin and, and shoot an email or shoot over some questions or, you know, get, get an interview like this than it is to, to physically go down there. Mm-hmm. Um, these days with technology, it's so great to, Hey, here's 10, 15 questions, shoot them back. I'll write a feature. Um, and, and, and I like that. And, but I think there's also the video storytelling as well. It's just not as easy to go and, and follow Tom Brady around for a day and tell his story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think accessibility, um, but I, I think there's a place for all of them. And I think, you know, kind of going off of that is, you know, be as versatile as you can. You know, I was, I was talking to somebody today and, you know, they have a radio station, but, you know, in Tampa, but they also have a website. And I was like, Hey, you know, I can host a video show. Like once we get out and, and can do video, I can go do interviews with Tom Brady. Hey, I can, I can hop on a podcast. I know how to talk and do radio. Hey, I can write that same feature for you. So I think the more versatile you can be, especially in media um, is important. And especially with digital media, you know, you see people aren't reading newspapers, you know, people aren't reading three page articles on, on stories. So I think it's important to have that versatility. So I wouldn't say I have a favorite. I would just say writing tends to, tends to be right now the, the most accessible. And that makes sense. I, I mean, I there's a time and place for all of these mediums, right? Like people, some people like to listen more. Some people prefer to watch and actually see the interaction. I prefer to do these 
video podcast. Sometimes I put the video up, sometimes I don't, but it's the opportunity to have a face-to-face conversation and actually see somebody and make eye contact, whether it's through the camera or kind of through the screen. It's never perfect, but it's better than nothing. And I think that that part's very important. And then obviously the written word too is very, very powerful. That's kind of the first media, um, you know, that opportunity to just have someone write something down and it be able to go for a very long period of time and people can read it and take it in and digest it and understand it, I think is also very important, especially in their own time is also very important as well. So I'm always kind of just curious, especially people in the media. And I think it makes sense. Be a little bit versatile, do a couple different things. Find what you like the most. Personally, for me, it's talking into a microphone. I hate writing, terrible at it. So I decided to write a book, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, it's just one of those opportunities where I love talking. I love asking questions and just having that back and forth has been always very important to me. And so as you uh, mentioned before, you're kind of on a little bit of a hiatus with that uh, finance company, but you have really just picked back up right back to where you started um, or right back where you left off with the freelance opportunity. So I know you're working on features in the music and sports space. You're working with Open Doors a little bit to help them with their digital strategy. Again, how do you how do you continue? You know, it seems like, you know, one door closes or one door shuts for lack of a better term, maybe doesn't get locked, but you're always just out there grinding, hustling the words you use to find new opportunities. I feel like I've asked this question four or five times now, but how do you continue to find more and more and more when I know people who for three years have been looking for jobs and they've never been able to find a single thing? Sounds terrible, but it's a game. It's fun. It's fun. It literally is fun for me, you know, and, and, and just like you, you like, you know, pursuing guests to have them on the show and, and building that relationship. I like doing the same and, and, and seeing what they're up to and, and how can I help? And, you know, the folks at Open Doors, you know, I, I met them at a, a social media party in Orlando at Top Golf, and, you know, I'd followed their work and, and met their CEO, Blake Lawrence, and he's an all-star and you should have him on here and, and tell his story one of these days. Um, you know, former player at Nebraska, um, decided to start this, this social media concept for athletes. And I think, and, and brands and teams. And uh, yeah, so I, I kept, I kept network, networking with those guys. And, you know, he was like, Hey, well, we have this editorial bench squad. And I was like, okay, you know, I don't really know what that is, but sure. Sign me up. And, you know, I, I followed up and I was like, Hey, what can I write about? And, you know, we, we wrote about, you know, how during this time, and I kind of pitched the idea was, you know, athletes, this is a great time, just like people in our industry, but for athletes to tell their brands to, you see more and more athletes getting on Twitch, getting on social media, mm-hmm. telling their story, interacting, whether it's cooking videos or, or gaming or streaming or whatever it is. But we're all sitting around. We can't, you know, we, we can't go hit balls or, or go to the ice skating rink or whatever. There, there's nothing to do. And in, in retrospect, there is stuff to do. But Yeah, I understand th- what you're saying, yeah. But they, they have a ton more free time and a ton more accessibility and – now is the best time for them to, to share their stories, to build their brands. Um, and, and, and I think that was the story I wrote um, just now. And then I wrote that last week. And then, you know, pivoting is, is this, you know, name image likeness concept that, that's, that's really big in sports right now. And, you know, twofold uh, on, the, on the next couple of articles I'm going to do is, one, how are, how are brands and colleges and teams pivoting their digital strategy during this time? Mm-hmm. There's not content. There's not highlights. What are they doing? How are they engaging with their audience? Um, and then the second part is, you know, how are they adapting to this new name, image, and likeness? You know, athletes are going to want to get paid for, for what they're doing. So how are they, how are they using that? And I think, you know, Open Doors is a great platform for, for athletes to share their content, for brands to share their content. Um, so that's that part. Um, also, APM Music, uh, they do a lot of the uh, music for sports, for, for teams. Mm-hmm. Um, on the professional intros, uh, Marquee Sports Network, uh, which is a, about to launch for the Chicago Cubs. Yep. Um, so just – 
pieces on how brands and, and, and teams and organizations are using music. Um, I wrote a, hit, a piece on the history of the NFL films music um, and that catalog, uh, the Monday Night Football Open, uh, did a piece on how LSU's digital team used music in their content strategy. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's not writing about X's and O's. It's not telling the stories of athletes and teams. But for me, it's it's exciting because it's it's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a new venture almost, you know, social media and how they're using it, and from a business model, you know, how they're using music to incorporate that. You know, I I, I can't carry a tune to, you know, my wife tells me to stop singing. You know, I sang in the car. Lila goes, Daddy, stop singing, stop singing. And she's two, so you know it must have been bad. Ooh, yeah, gosh. Yeah, so I mean. You know, just these different ventures and, and, you know, with Randall and Dugout Mugs, I'm going to do some social media and some PR for those guys. You know, PRs and I don't have a ton of experience with, but I got them on the ABC. I got them on the local 24-hour station. Um, so, you know, it's it's building my brand and, and expanding my horizons. And it's also helping out and, 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 and continuing to build those networks and provide it. How can I be of service? How can I help you guys at this time of need? And I think, you know, not to exhaust myself, but – Everybody, everybody is in this together. We're all in this time together. And it's not, hey, you know, can you give me $100? Can you give me $200? Can you give me a handout? I'm, I'm doing all right. How can we help you? Mm-hmm. And I think when you help people, especially in a time of need and in general and in all ways, people remember those people who helped them and that were there for them. Mm-hmm. I can't, I cannot agree more, man. And I, again, I love what you're doing. I love how you've been able to continue to spread that positivity. That's something I truly believe in. And and I do believe like attracts like positive attracts positive. And you can also spread that positivity and make some other people smile along the way. But I think just the way you've been able to go about, you know, in, in multiple situations throughout your life, you could have gone down in the dumps and it could have been a, you know, slightly depressing and not a fun time, but I'm sure you may have had a couple of those feelings, but it seems like you just get right back up. And as you said, it's a game. We're, you, you love sports. You love playing the games. Why not continue to play and see ways that you can win and, and, you know, put some crooked numbers up on the scoreboard and, you know, figure out ways to continue to go. And I love how you're just able to find opportunities and think of these opportunities and think again, how you can help others and how you can help other people um, just continue what they're trying to do and spreading more positivity, especially in a time like this, as you said. So I love that, Todd. And man, this was, this was great. Did you have some fun? Yeah, absolute pleasure. And I think, you know, just, just the, the last piece of advice is, like you mentioned, just it's, it's a tough time for everyone. And we're all in this to, together. And I think, you know, stay positive, stay focused. You know, if you're in the, in, in the industry, you know, adapt, pivot. What kind of storylines can we create? How can we help? And even start something that you're passionate about. You know, I was passionate about this Perfectly Pinellas um, community website. You know, I started it. I went from zero to 475 followers in a week. Wow. Not too bad. Maybe we'll get a thousand by, by the end of May. I was going to say, I'll share it in the show notes. So with the, when the podcast goes out, um, we'll make sure to give you hopefully a couple more. How's that sound? I know that that sounds great. And I think just, just stay positive, everybody. You know, reach out to friends, reach out to family, reach out to your network, ask how they're doing. And at the end of the day, we're, we're all going to get through this together. I love it. Todd Grazley, sports journalist. All around incredible guy, Todd. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time today, man. Definitely appreciate your time. Thanks for thanks for having me on. And one of these days, maybe we'll we'll switch the roles, and I'll have to interview you, and we'll talk a little bit more about that book I want to hear about and, and your journey as well. Deal, man. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Todd. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks so much.
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of For the Love of Sports with Todd. As I said, just an all-around great dude. I'm so happy that I had the opportunity to bring him on. So please make sure to follow him on all of his socials. Everything will be in the show notes. Please also make sure to give us a five-star review wherever the heck you're listening because that is super helpful in getting more and more people to hear the show and hear these stories and inspire more people. And that's what we're trying to do. So thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So I appreciate you giving me some of yours and I hope you make it a wonderful day.